Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates in the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis, and today's broadcast will be part two of Steve and Carol Hilliard's testimony. If you missed part one last Sunday, you can find that on our website, cotnaz.org. Click Watch Listen. Click Hope Talks. Now for part two of Steve and Carol Hilliard's testimony. We pray that it's a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. After she was born, three days later, we were released. And this time I was recovering from surgery, but didn't really notice the pain because um, I was just overjoyed to have Hannah in our lives. And um, I really don't know how we would have gotten through without help from our church family and our um, immediate family. Um, They provided meals when we were on bed rest, sent us gas gift cards and visited at the hospital, checked on the house, um, mowed the yard, you know, all of those things. And most importantly, prayed. Um, I think at that Mm -hmm. point, you kind of get to the point where you ask for the same thing over and over. Um, and you pray about the same thing and you don't really know what to say anymore. Um, and so it helps to know it's such an encouragement to know that, Others are coming alongside you and lifting you in prayer. So I loved being a mom. Um, There were all those normal adjustments to being first-time parents, but um, we felt like Hannah was a true blessing. And when she was 18 months old, we decided we would like to try to expand our family and have another child. So... um, we got pregnant again, and um, over the year that followed, we experienced three more miscarriages, mm-hmm. each within the first trimester. After lots of testing, there were no answers as to why um, we were unable to maintain the pregnancies. And once again, we found ourselves struggling with questions like, why? Um, once again, our faith, our marriage was being tested. And I kept thinking, so what's the Lord trying to teach me through this that I didn't learn the first time? Um, and I started asking myself, was I content to be a wife and a mom of one child? Was he enough? Can I truly surrender my will to his, even if that meant we would have no more children. Was I willing to give him control over my past, my present, and my future? Amen. Wow. So um, while having the privilege of being a stay-at-home mom, I took part in every Bible study that was offered here at the church And I specifically remember one um, morning 
it was during the week in particular at one of the Bible studies. I don't know which one it was, probably a Beth Moore, um, but Pastor Jim Harrison came to speak. He was a special guest. And I don't even remember what he spoke on, um, but I remember this feeling come over me and um, so much so that I was overwhelmed and wanted to cry. It was all I could do to get out the door before I started sobbing because I didn't want anybody to ask me, what's wrong, what's wrong? But it was at that time that I remember feeling um, I'm grateful for what we'd been through and what we'd lost. Because I knew it was through times like that, that's when your faith grows. And that's when um, just seeing the Lord's faithfulness and bringing you through that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I would never, ever want to turn back time and go through it again. Um, But I'm grateful for that time because I know it taught me a lot. So, um, I, I knew that he had plans for my good, um, to mold me into what he desires for my life, not what my plans and my ideas were, um, and my identity and my worth wasn't in being a wife or a mom. Um, my identity was found in him alone. So... I knew that these things had become a stronghold in my life, and um, he was starting to tear down those strongholds. And um, he alone would would reside in the center of my life. And um, I, I know that Steve's going to um, share a little bit about his thoughts, but um, I knew he was struggling at that time with his own journey and the losses that we'd experienced, but... Um, I uh, talked him into trying one more time, mm-hmm. um, and he was reluctant. But I said, "Let can we try one more time to have a child?" And um, he agreed. And so once again, we became pregnant, and things went along normally until the second trimester, and I started having mild contractions halfway through the pregnancy, and. Um, after about two and a half months on bed rest at home and medicine to slow the contractions and five separate trips to the hospital, um, Sarah Grace was born on Wednesday, August 4th, 2004 at seven pounds, six ounces and five weeks early. So um, she initially had some trouble breathing Spent one night in sick nursery, but the next morning she was breathing well enough on her own to be in the room with us. And Sarah Grace was named after Sarah in the Bible, who had waited for a child of promise. And as the name implies, Grace, she was our undeserved gift. And um, our family was finally complete. And I once again felt very humbled by the chance to be a mom. And um, somehow I felt like the Lord had redeemed what we had lost, not that he had replaced Kristen and Hope um, in our three miscarriages, 
but I felt like he had redeemed that. Mm -hmm. And um, he was giving us a gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To Mm -hmm. be um, entrusted Mm -hmm. with the lives of these two girls. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's amazing to think about um, when we go through hard times and we wonder where God is. And he's so close to us that we can't even see. He's in us. But to be able to look back and um, know that it has made you who you are, that he, yes, you were raised in church, um, but that faith has to be your own, right? Um, And they say we're either... Um, in a storm, coming out of a storm, or getting ready to go into a storm <laughs> in life. But that was a big one. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it lasted about seven years, and mm-hmm. we were weary. Mm-hmm. We were weary, but stronger <laughs> in some yeah. ways. Yeah, if you can look back and say, "Would you want life to be like it was before any of that happened?" No. And that's when you know that God has redeemed it and God has, he did some things in the midst of the hard times, I guess is what I would want those listening today just to think about, you know, their own life and the hard things that they've faced. And um, it's not easy, but um, it is transformational. If we allow God to transform us. Um, so Steve. <laughs> You were journeying through the same journey, right? Uh, I took the same trip, yeah. Uh, how was that for you? <laughs> I mean, what Carol has said is uh, definitely uh, details it out well. And, and so we were right there together, but yet walking different paths through it. Um, you know, for myself to, I mean, I had the grief and the sorrow and the hurt, mm-hmm. but then to watch my wife uh, have that hurt as well, you know, as, as guys, as husbands, we want to protect and fix and and fix. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, definitely no tools in the toolbox for this one to, to try to fix. So, so frustration would certainly be a a part of that journey for me. And, um, Really what stuck out to me, you know, I, I think the great thing about it is, is I think when uh, Carol had weak moments, I was stronger. And when I had weak moments, she was stronger. And, um, and uh, the Lord just did that for us. And and uh, uh, one of the last things Carol mentioned there was before Sarah was born, we went through that year year and a half period where we had three back-to-back miscarriages so now we're you know so at that point uh in my mind i'm going okay lord i've lost two and then thank you for hannah (laughs) absolutely um but then here we go again you know now now we're down you know third time here again you know three straight miscarriages and i was angry at Mm -hmm. that point and uh, just really didn't. I had kind of gotten to the point that once that third miscarriage, I had gotten angry with God and just decided, okay, I know you're there, but I don't expect anything out of you anymore. 
And so my, I became very complacent at that point. I'm just like, whatever. And, you know, so it wasn't a, wasn't necessarily, I don't believe in you anymore, but I just, you know, you're there, you do your thing, I'll do mine, you know, and we'll just move along. And so, so that was a, that was a period of just, um, not a lot of direction for me and just the anger was there. And so I, I recall vividly, um, one Wednesday night and, uh, Carol said, well, are you going to church? And I said, no, I'm not going tonight. Just, I'm not feeling it. I, I don't want to hear whatever's being said. And she said, well, I'm going. And I said, okay. So she she came to church by herself. And uh, I stayed at home and you know, brooded or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever I was doing. And uh, so she came home from church uh, that night and... Um, Brian Charette had delivered the message that night. And Carol brought me a cassette tape. Yes, cassette tapes were a thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel sure that Brother Shorty Rhodes made her that cassette yeah. tape because that's what he did. And, uh, but she brought this cassette tape home, and she said, uh, she said um, I was on the edge of my seat while Brian was speaking. And I think you need to hear this. So at the time, I'm still angry, though, right? Yeah. Uh, a little little softer now about it. But at the time, I'm like, I'm not really interested in hearing it. And so I'm sure I didn't listen to it right away. It probably sat on the, sat on the counter there for a little bit. But I uh, eventually got around to listening to it. And, um, and it was transformational. It really was. And... Uh, that night he spoke on First um, Samuel fourteen about Jonathan and his armor bearer, and uh, I was just going to read it to like eight yeah. verses if it's yeah. all right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so this is First Samuel fourteen verse one. One day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, "Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side." But he did not tell his father Saul. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub. I'm going to butcher these names, sorry. Son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross, to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes and the other was Senna. One cliff stood on the north toward Michmash and the other to the south toward Geba. And Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, as armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. And Jonathan said, Come on then, we'll cross over toward them. Let them see us, and if they say to us, Wait there until we come to you, we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, we will climb up, because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost, Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. 
The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor-bearer to come up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Uh, Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet and his armor-bearer right behind him. And the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor-bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor-bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. So that's the story. But what Brian focused on that night was the armor-bearer's response. Sorry, hard to get through through that. But I feel like that the that the Lord said to me at that point, um, you need to make a decision. That I know where you are. I know where you've been. But it's time to go. And, you know, uh, I have uh, new adventures and new victories uh, and new things for you. And I need to know whether you're with me or you're not. And at the moment, I wasn't. Uh, but that was a that was a critical point, and my response was, "I'm with you, heart and soul." Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for my wife that brought that to me. Thankful for Brother Shorty that made cassette tapes. Yeah. And thankful for Brian and the word that he brought. He probably doesn't even remember ever. Um, preaching that message yeah. but he did and yeah. Yeah. and I really think it was for us yeah. Yeah. So. thank you all for being vulnerable and sharing this and one of the things um, you know we like to a lot of times focus on the hard times we've been through but God uses those hard times to develop I think Carol was talking about our faith you know he trusts us He's developing, building our faith. I know one time, uh, Pastor Margaret mentioned this at the beginning, that this uh, testimony was a long time coming. I know I had mentioned to Steve, and he just talked about how it was so long ago that just trying to, you know, let's bring it back up or remember, you know, the details and stuff. But we also like to focus on, uh, just as you mentioned, you have... Hannah and uh, Sarah Grace now, but they haven't replaced the other two daughters you lost or the miscarriages. That that's still pain, but it, it makes Hannah Joy and Sarah Grace just to be thankful that God answered your prayer. But we like to also focus on what God's doing right now in your mm-hmm. life. So anything from those time since uh, Sarah was born and till now that you'd like to share and how God's still using the testimony of their lives and your lives to get glory. Yeah, so Hannah is 23 now, and um, we got to celebrate um, her marriage to um, A.J. Gibson about three and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, as parents, you're always praying for your kids right. to find a godly spouse. Right. And um, he answered that. And um, Sarah is getting ready to start her second year um, in engineering at Liberty. And so 
um, as both girls have grown up, I know a lot of our testimony seems sur- surrounded by them, but they're, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're a family. They're yeah, right. a large right. part of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And um, we have had the opportunity to see the what the Lord has done and is doing in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at the same time, um, he keeps reminding me, you know, you dedicated them to the Lord when they were born. Um, they were entrusted to you, but um, sometimes I still try to hold on mm-hmm. yeah. to them. And he reminds me, I got it. I, yeah. I, you can trust me with their lives. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they, um, both girls, Hannah and Sarah, are both living for the Lord mm-hmm. right now. And um, they have their own faith journeys that I'm sure that they could share. But since through some of that and some of the things that we've been through with them, we've also um, seen God's faithfulness there as well. Uh, I also think that as a result of a lot of what we went through, um, that was part of me as a teacher, trained, as a teacher, um, being called to now teach at Blue Ridge Christian School. So um, I'm teaching um, there, and and I am getting ready to start my 15th year um, being part of Blue Ridge Christian School. And um, I I do feel like that has been a calling in my life. Um, Teaching in itself is hard enough. And then you try to add the ministry piece of it to not just the child, but the, the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do see that as, as a huge part of my ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that the Lord has taken our past and through that, um, that has prepared me mm-hmm. for some of the things that, I've now tried to minister to other families. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't waste a hurt. Yeah. No, he does not waste anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else you all would like to share, maybe that we haven't asked already or that you haven't shared already? I think this is a, I'll take your silence as you're not sure if you have anything else. <laughs> um, but I just will say that, you know, this is a, a topic. When you talk about miscarriages and, you know, losing babies, it's a really, um, it's just a tremendously sensitive and hard topic. And I think there are many people that have had uh, these things that we don't know. You know, they don't share because... As you said, your thought was, is there sin in my life? Mm -hmm. And I think you figured out that that wasn't the thing. We live in a broken world um, where things happen um, that I believe breaks the heart of God. Mm -hmm. Um, I see the compassion of Jesus as he walks 
with people through Scripture, and he sits beside them, and he he hears them. We watch, you know, we see in Scripture where he wept at the death of a friend. Um, but yet, for this particular topic of miscarriage, I think that there's a stigma maybe to that, um, that people don't feel like they can share that. And I I feel like today there's probably some people listening that maybe have never been willing to share that or that are walking with that pain of believing that God is maybe mad at them, that they've unconfessed sin, whatever that might be. Maybe they've done something in their life and they go, well, because I did that, then this happened. Um, what would you say, either of you, what would you say to that person today that is listening to this and possibly um, having some tears as they recount their own story? Um, what would you have to say to them today? I mean, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself after we came through all of this, um, at the time, Steve made the comment to me. He's like, I don't want to forever be known as the couple that lost, mm-hmm. you know, five kids. And so that was maybe part of why we were hesitant to share our story. But but I also remember that during that time, you know, like going through counseling, um, as people were trying to help you deal with your emotions they would tell me, write it down, keep a journal. And I thought, I am not writing down what I'm thinking because if anybody gets a hold of this journal, <laughs> they're going to know, um, you know, what what a horrible person I am. Um, but I, I, think, I think the thing to remember is that um, just what you said earlier, um, God doesn't waste anything. Everything good and bad he uses for his glory, um, whether it's to encourage somebody else or um, maybe if we're on the wrong path to right us Mm -hmm. and to put us on the right path. So I don't want too much of this focus Mm -hmm. to be on what we lost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But right. We gain. Right. Yes. That's, yes. that's powerful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that I wouldn't be the person I am today had we not been through what we went through. It is part of our story, right. but it's not the only part. It's not the end. It's not the end, and it's not the only part. Right. It's not not the only part of us as a couple. We are not the couple that lost five children. It's not your. Right. It's not, it doesn't not define you. That's right. Your identity is in Christ. That's right. Um, yeah, that's good. And another thing that came to my mind as Pastor Margaret was talking about, I think of the story in the Bible with a paralytic man. They asked, "Well, is it because of his sin or the sin of his family member?" And God said, "No, it's so I can get glory from his life, so that." It, you know, so that he could be healed, so that I can show you my power. Yeah. Well, uh, Steve and Carol, uh, thank you for joining us today on Hope Talks, and 
sharing your testimony. I know it probably wasn't easy, um, but uh, definitely um, I uh, think about, especially in both your girls' names, about uh, one of you mentioned the scripture about um, grief endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning, and then just the grace of God um, on our lives and just the evidence of that. Um, through the hard times and the good times, that he's always there, even when we don't feel like he's there, even when we know he's there and we don't feel like, um, but uh, just, yeah, it's just, it's a good reminder. It's a beautiful picture of the gracious God that we serve, yes. uh, that pursues us from birth. In that prevenient grace, he continues to pursue us. And he desires that we have our own faith, that we don't rely on the faith that we grew up on, but that it becomes our own. And there is a sifting. Uh, We see that with Peter. Um, There is a sifting. Um, And God uses that. I don't believe that he necessarily causes the pain, but he will use it for his glory. Um, so thank you all so much for being here and sharing today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Stephen Carol Hilliard's testimony today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.